All right, here we go. I am so excited about this one because we're doing it in the morning. Yes, yes. Not not our Sick. typical 3.30. I'm not sure how excited everybody else is. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, listen, I mean, this is what we do. Tommy's a swimmer, right? Tommy's a former Division One swimmer. He'd have been in the pool for two hours by now, yeah, so we're I not know. teaching him anything he doesn't know. Exactly. So it for our listeners, it is 6 a.m. on Tuesday. We typically do these at 3.30. And today we decided that we are going to talk about our routines, our personal routines. Um which is funny because we're breaking up the routine of doing our 3.30 podcast today. I know. I know. And you probably, you didn't try to sit in my seat, which is nice because I thought you might try to mess with me. No. Last time I did that, I <laughs> and wrecked your routine. It was a big ordeal. You, so You got a stare and a, a semi-tantrum, I think. Well, well, listen, I when I sat in – so we always sit in the same seats during our podcast. When I sat in the seat you typically sit in, the one you're sitting in right now, I felt awkward and I really didn't want to do it, but I wanted to see how you would react. So I'm like, oh, this is about routines. Let's let's see. Yeah. And it went exactly as I thought it would. Yeah, not so well. Yeah. It, it rocked my whole rocked my whole world for that 20 second stint. Yeah. So thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, so I think as we talk about routines, people are interested in. I know I am personally in learning about people's routines. There, you hear a lot about morning routines, sometimes evening. But I do think we need to start with how we even developed our routines and that starts back with childhood. I do think that people are not here to listen to that. They're here to, I want to know what you do today on an everyday basis. So I promise you hang in there with us as we talk about our childhood routines and how we develop that we will get to our current routine shortly here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start? Yeah. Look, I think to, to, to skip to the, to the now, would probably be even be a disservice because you learn this along the way. There's lots of trial and error. And whether you're aware of it real time or not aware of it, you know, you're just nudged back into line. You're doing certain things, I think, for an outcome, success, call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But you're doing things for an outcome in general and, and whatever it is. And I just think that there, you know, someone would say, well, tell me some times when you realize you were doing it all wrong. There are some of those. But in general, I, I feel like my life has just been this small, minor um, pivots along the way to say, oh, that's a little bit better than this. I mean, I don't know that I've ever been so off course that I jerked myself in the exact opposite direction. But certainly lots of little course corrections along the way to refine, refine, refine. And, and you know, I'm sure we'll get on to some sports and, and some of the routines that we develop from there. But I think it for me, it just comes back to the idea. I am I realize that I'm hyper aware of how small the differentiation is at the top. You know, if you want to compete at the very top, the differentiation is small, depending on what it is. It's fractions of seconds or fractions of shots or in golf or whatever. And to me, those little tiny tweaks that would get me um, an advantage, I don't mean that in a cheating way, I mean would get me better than I would be, that would have me executing faster with more accuracy or whatever that looks like. The competitive advantage. The competitive, yeah, absolutely. And and I, you know, one of the, one of my, um, favorite people to watch over the years was Ray Lewis, not because we're crazy Ravens fans, but because it was fast. Which we are. We are crazy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, not because, not exclusively <laughs> yeah. because, but because it was interesting to watch a guy that played something like 16 years in the league, and certainly you're going to lose a step, right? That just happens with age. But to play at the ultimate highest level and be the MVP of the Super Bowl in your last year, there has to be that combination of natural ability and speed, if you will. But then as you get, you start to see 
the angles, right? And you, you get to the tackle at the same time, but you might be, you might learn to run a more direct route. So I think those course corrections for me from a routine perspective are just about that, right? Is, is getting to the play, whatever the play is faster, even though I might not actually physically be faster than I was as a younger person. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what those, those routine evolutions along the way, um, have done for me. And some of them, and most of them are incredibly unconscious. I think in, in, you know, when you said routines or someone suggested through whatever medium that we were going to talk about routines and I got into it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a pretty, it's a pretty deep rabbit hole. Yeah. It, as I, I had told you earlier, I almost, it's, it feels so intimate because it's just what you do behind the scenes all day, every day. And it's like, oh my gosh, I almost feel naked exposing what my daily routine looks like. I, I don't know why it feels so intimate, but it's almost like, I don't want people to know what I'm doing every <laughs> single day, but yeah. So, um, how did, what is your first memory of routine and developing routine as a child, especially those that you've held on to today, or, or as you said, enhanced, refined. Yeah, no, my, I, uh, it definitely came from from my father who was Navy, and my household was 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 tenacious and relentless about time. The idea of time, being on time, schedule, cadence. You know, familiar military word, cadence, and it started at an early age. I mean, you know, I I got up, um, and and certainly I'm gonna you know we'll weave in all kinds of stuff. Sports certainly comes into there where you have a very defined routine. Yeah, it started with playing golf and getting up at a particular time. Like, for example, you you know, you had a tea time, you had a game time in soccer. I mean, tea times were in eight minute increments. So it was this interesting thing, too. I mean, certainly had game times, but golf was really interesting in that you had tea times in eight minute increments. So you were constantly working on a schedule of sorts. So I grew up in a very scheduled um uh, defined world where we got up at a particular time. If you set a time to be somewhere, you were there. And actually it was even more so, you know, in Navy land, if you were, if you were on time, you were late. And if you were late, you might as well not show up. And that was just ingrained into me from such an incredibly young age. And we just worked, you know, I mean, when, when it was uh, Columbus day or Martin Luther King day or some of the holidays that weren't necessarily business or industrial in nature, but they were government holidays, there was never even a conversation. You know, the alarm went off at five o'clock. My feet hit the deck. I was upstairs ready to go at six. We walked out the door. We were at Hanover Street, our old facility at 630. And that was that. Like there wasn't even any conversation. I didn't, it wasn't like Sunday. I was thinking, hey, dad, you know, maybe I'll just sleep in tomorrow. Like that wasn't even part of the conversation. So it started there and and has just continued to be a, uh, you know, the same type of mentality. And I've been showing up that way for a really long time. Yes. And I wasn't, you, you were raised and born in a almost like a military style household where your dad was, uh, I mean, that's how old would your dad be today? I know you've said it several times. Yeah, no, he'd be 102. He's, 102. Yeah, so like that 50 years older than I am. Exactly. So that was his generation. That was his mindset. That's how he was built. And thus, that's how you grew up. Well, just think too, I mean, he even drafted into World War Two, you know, he fought in World War Two in the South Pacific. So when you talk about cadence and, and the, the military component of that, where, you know, if you're not in your spot doing your job, where your teammates, your fellow soldiers expect you to be could be a life 
life or death situation. That's not dramatic. That's the truth mm-hmm. of how military organizations operate. Um, the idea that when you're not at war, you're training, you know, that training component never stops. That's something that's been you know, very close or, or, uh, evident for me for a long time. So yeah, no, I mean, I think that was just who he was and, you know, that, that, that training was built into him, if not, uh, hard coded, cause I think hard coding is more of a DNA conversation, but so, so regimented that it was right there next to hard coding. Yes. And I wasn't raised that same way. My my parents were a product of the 50s and 60s. They were, they were hippies, free spirits. My mother, she is very routine. My dad, not as much. Every single human being has a routine yeah. that we all are familiar with, we rely on to some extent, um, and that we enjoy. You know, that's, that's how we keep our lives together. My dad, though, definitely less, even to this day, less routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just didn't grow up in the same way. Now, as you did, we like being on time for social events. It just wasn't as important, which I knew you had to get used to when we first started dating. As we've also talked about that, being on time, I wasn't going to be late for a work event or something. But if it was just doing something socially with no what I thought in my head ramifications, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I didn't think much about it. I, it, it wasn't. Of course, not intentionally to be disrespectful or anything like that. It just, it's how I was raised. Like, I I didn't think it was a big deal. So that was something we've had to work on together. Uh, You being able to take your foot off the pedal for a second. That's right. And be like, hey, it's Saturday. We can, we, we can be five minutes later, take a breath or. But hey, like, don't be an hour late. We've, we, we made a plan on right. my side. Yeah. So coming. No, well, the off button, you know, in general, I struggle. You struggle with the off button, but I struggle with the off button in that regard just because it's so close, you know, and, and there's probably, I would say even take it one step further, there's probably some comfort in it too, you know, that regimentation where I know what's coming on. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of surprises, even the good ones, I always want to know. And there's just something about, you know, that, that cadence or that, that, uh, that structure where I'm comfortable and it's like, okay, well, we said six, so 558, I'll expect them. And and what I've had to work on is not having my cage rattled when it's 605 or 610, just like rattling my cage when you sit in my seat, right? So those are the types of things that, that uh, I have to be cognizant of and really for good, right? Not to change myself so that my game can't, my game plan can't get so easily knocked off by the slightest change in my expectations. And I think that's one of the things about routines. It's great, um, but you don't get to do them alone. I mean, there's any number of things that can affect your routine and it's really more about how do you respond to that interruption of your routine, especially if it causes discomfort, which it does for me in, at times or in spots. It does. I, I mean, my, if my routine gets disrupted in any Anyway, it's it, it really does affect me. But I think there is something to being very intentional about structuring your routine as much as you can, so it it cannot get disruptive. Right. Like there are certain as when we get into our daily routines, there are things that we're doing early in the morning or, or at these certain times where it's unlikely it's going to get disrupted by the way we've structured it. So I think being very intentional about how you're setting them. Yes, at any point in time, something can happen and you have to change it and adapt. And that is very hard for me. I've got to work on that. Well, but, let, me, let me ask you this. What, uh, if you, as you were, because you, know, you, you prep for this just like I do, did you ever come to a reason why your routines, is there a particular... 
um, benefit to you if you summed up or you looked at, if you pulled the lens back and looked at your routines? Could you hit on a word or two or three that is the benefit of why you subscribe so aggressively to your routines? I want you to go first because I don't <laughs> want to steal your thunder because we've talked about this before and I know where you're going to lead off. Well, with. yeah, and I wasn't, yeah, and I didn't, I wasn't sure yours was the same. It, but. It's it's not the same, but I would touch on that a little bit. So I want you to start. Yeah, no, I, okay. So mine's really simple. It's personal productivity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everything, you know, we have a whole division that's based on productivity, and I have realized, and I've looked back at my career in retrospect that that I was always trying to improve my personal productivity. What can I do? You know, productivity being the difference between input and output, what can I do to hold my input the same and get exponential output, right? Because that input component, whether it's time or capability, is very finite, right? I only have so much control over that. I might learn a new trick. I might do whatever, which would allow me to have some input. I might get rid of something in my life, you know, or or choose not to do it, which would create uh, time or input. But generally, no. I mean, there's, there's only so much time. So personal productivity and and to a very uh, scary level at times. I'll give you an example. It's so in my head that when I get in the shower in the morning, I will put conditioner in my hair and then brush my teeth in the shower so that I am doing those at the same time. Like I don't put conditioner on and then go out to the sink and brush my teeth because that would have me taking two minutes for one and two minutes for the other when I can just take two minutes by stacking. Well, those. of course. I mean, well, it's, but, of course. <laughs> but that's how bad it is from, you know, what I'm, and I, and, uh, you know, constantly looking and surveying, you know, what are the moves? How am I going to plot my moves? If I have to get from A to Z, what is the absolute straightest line? And I would never even risk going from A to C and having to double back to be. I am so calculated in that regard because I only want to spend the absolute minimum amount of time. And I don't mean from a quality perspective. I mean, from a quantity perspective, I think because I value, um, my disposable time, if you will, right? Like if I, if I do all this perfectly, can I create some time where I get to do whatever the hell I want and it might not be scheduled? I don't know if I'm capable of that, but I think in my, in my twisted brain, that's what I'm trying to do is create additional time. But sometimes it might just be a game of sorts to me. Like, can I outsmart this entire thing one more time? Can I get to Z faster than I did last time? Because I learned some of the missteps that I made, but it's all driven by personal productivity. Well, I'll throw a little... I'll, I'll throw that's, cre- a, that's creepy. God, I've scared the shit out of myself. I'll throw a little wrench in that. I, and this is just from listening to a podcast this morning by the author. Have you heard of the book 4,000 Weeks? Yes, I have. Okay. Not a great reader. So I think uh, so everyone knows, not a great reader. I think uh, crayons are better for me. But so you're a voracious reader and podcast, and I'm generally a consumer of live uh, of, I, of live I, TV, CBC, so on and so forth. Yeah, I th- think we've said this one million times. That's I, all right. But I, people might drop in you know, later in the, uh, in the stack. So they just need to know that. Yeah. I, I, I haven't, I've listened, I've wanted to read that book for so long. I love to read so much, but I haven't. So I, I, I got a little glimpse. I probably got through like an, probably close to two hours of him on a podcast this morning. So 4,000 weeks is just south of eight years. Sure. Because I also love math. Yeah. And I, I actually never took the time to do that math. <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, but he would say that people are way too obsessed with personal productivity. 80, and 80 years. And Sorry. then it's oh, whatever. And then it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lifetime. It's a, a lifetime that you have to live. 4,000 at one average. Um, but he would say that the personal productivity, people are way too obsessed and it becomes a big sh- distraction. And his point was like, okay, he gives emails as an example. So say you become 
way more proficient in emails. You can now answer and get to 50 emails in five minutes as opposed to 10. Well, all you're doing is inviting more emails in and you're just continually going down this cycle. He said, so there are some companies that pride themselves on, like my company, like I always say, on being the first to respond, on being very communicative. And he said, and you just respond to these emails, emails, emails. And he said, you don't, you don't solve any problems. There's just more coming in. It's just a thought provoking. Um, I, I don't want to dig into it. I, th- I feel like we could have a whole episode on it, but yeah. it was, it did make me think a little bit like, okay, that that's interesting. There's always, there's always another side to, sure. yeah, to, I, to it. I think it's great. I, I uh, we've talked about this. I don't want to get off on this either. Cause you're right. We will hold oh, this we will. because well, I have I'm so not, many thoughts. Like my brain just went into fire. I, I know. Like, right. But oh, that's, that's oh, the oh, great I got thing. Something to tell you'll you think about, about this, this later, <laughs> that's right. you know, Tommy, can you jot that down? So we, uh, we don't miss <laughs> this one. Um, so on you, you initially asked me the question, which I promptly turned your way. What are the, the couple of themes I think in, in why I do yeah, what I do the, routine? The why wise. of your routines. Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of, so it's funny cause a lot of what you, you said is to get from A to B quicker or see the angles better so you can arrive there faster. A lot of what I do is uh, not necessarily achieving the thing faster. It's doing other things around it, and I'll explain this, that I think will make my input greater, So, I, so which will, in the end, allow me to get there faster or better. What I mean by that is a lot of what I focus on, particularly in the morning, is for my physical and mental health. So it's a lot about wellness for me and just getting my mind and body right. That's like that's super important to me and sets the stage for the rest of what I do. Um, do you want to get into our exact routines? Yeah. No, I think that would be. I, yeah, you have such a, a a great, interesting routine. Why don't you run the audience through it, and uh, you know how you how you get from alarm to I don't know into the beginning of the workday, so on and so forth. Yeah, I'll, I will do. I will go from alarm to being in the office. Arrival. Yeah, yes, that's, that's great. And, I'll be super particular and specific about this. So alarm goes off during the week at 3 a.m. today. Since we're doing our podcast at 6, it was 2 a.m. I just pushed it up an hour. But 3 a.m., um, I go into the bathroom, change, wash my face, put lotion on, brush my teeth, go directly downstairs on our first floor. We have a couple of gym pieces of equipment. Nothing, uh, nothing extensive, but enough. So I go immediately down and I do a couple of stretches, get right on the treadmill, and I will do nine to 10 miles of intervals. So let's, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I have right now. So I have had 10.7 miles, 17,339 steps, 831 calories. Okay. That's, there that's, we go. it's 628 in the morning. So you're negative calories for the day. That pisses me off. No, I had a banana on the way here. Oh, so, uh, oh wait, no, I changed up that routine. Weird. Okay, I'm really excited about that. But anyway, so I do that. And then right after I get off the treadmill, I do six to eight minutes of a it's very lightweight ab circuit. No time in between, just six to eight straight minutes. Then I stop. Then I get into, we have a cold plunge. It's anywhere from, I try to get it down to 39 degrees, but usually it falls between 40 and 41. So anywhere from 39 to 42 degrees I get I submerge my body in the cold plunge for five minutes then I dry off I put my favorite robe on I go upstairs and I have my vitamin my my supplements which I have laid out the night before 
and my athletic greens drink, which I've made the night before. Also, while I am doing my routine, my workout, so it, it's between like an hour and 45 to, to two hours really is what it is. I always listen to a podcast and typically I've had on Spotify and I have had that or YouTube that's picked out the night before as well. Mm-hmm. What I've been doing lately I think I just ate the mic. You're probably, yeah, you're so. I mean, you are riled this morning. I love it. Well, what I this is the danger, Tommy, of shooting at six a.m. I mean, <laughs> uh, what I've done lately is um, because it's a team effort when we're editing. We're not doing the editing, but we're helping with descriptions of our podcast and and how we're going to lay them out. So I've been listening to our podcast during some of our workouts, and then um, like I'll I'll voice memo or just notes as we go through. So I've been doing that. So after I do my athletic greens, I go upstairs, I shower, and then I get right into work. So that is my early morning routine, Monday through Friday. Saturday, Sunday, the routine does not change as far as, actually none of it changes other than coming into the office. But the time's not always as early. So that could, it's typically pretty early, but that can shift. The routine itself is the same. Right. Yeah. And I think the, uh, and then for my part of that, um, I'm a five o'clock guy at latest, and then I'll move it up accordingly. So if I'm flying to Chicago, I have a 6 a.m. flight, that could be a 345 wake up, but no later than five. And I think back to that routine disruption component. Um, because we have, you know, one bathroom, so on and so forth. There's some things that I've learned along the way to share resources, right? Where I know about the time you're coming up, we shower in the same space. So I've got an eyeball on the alarm goes off. And some days I might be a little murky and, and, uh, you know, not, not springing out of bed, but I've got an eyeball where I know you're coming up and my butt better be out of that shower by the time (laughs) you come up. Cause if I'm not, you're going to come around the corner (laughs) cranky. (laughs) And we do. Okay. So talk about routine. We have many showers in our house that are unused True. yet we have got to use the same one yeah oh no no it's it's terrible but it, but it's funny like i i've you know i'm you have trained me that my butt better be out of that shower because you've already been up for two hours working your tail off and just because i slept for 10 more minutes i better not be in the way of your shower and that's exactly how i feel about I do it. get a little huffy. no no i know like and, and that's reasonable like my ass should be out of bed and out of the shower and clearing the space because then that once that happens then there's two sinks and that's cool we're in a good spot there's only one hair dryer. Fortunately, I have limited hair. So, uh, yeah, it's just funny. I, as I think about that or this, I was like, all right, you know, I've actually tweaked my routine so that we can both be hyper successful and not in each other's way or just have near misses in the morning. I don't know if, if couples are listening to this and laughing like those two are nuts or holy hell, my wife and I do that in the same space too. But, um, yeah, it's been interesting how, when I, you know, for, for a while when I was living by myself, that, like, that wasn't an issue. And I had run to the place, get up, turn on all the lights, make all the noise in the world, which is nice. Like, that's not an issue we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, our, our house by five o'clock in the morning is a storming metropolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were a sleeper or a, you would be just livid trying to be in our space. But, you know, when I was living by myself, it was free rain and so on and so forth. And I think that's why I work because, there was no change for me in that regard. You were up before me. And then when we lived in an apartment, you were downstairs in the gym. Hell, you, I mean, I, some mornings I would even hear the front door close on the mm-hmm. way out. So just not disruptive at all. Back to that alignment component that we have. I mean, it's so aligned that we wouldn't even have to, to come off of some of those early routines, which, which is important because those are so vital to our day and starting the day and coming into work or whatever work looks like, whether it's going to a customer or to a, to a meeting, to start in the right headspace 
is, is such so important and I think sets the tone for the day that it was uh, super helpful. You know, our relationship is great in that regard and that no one had to, to compromise. And not that that's a bad word, but I mean, let's, let's be honest. Why would you compromise if you didn't have to, mm-hmm. right? So there's no compromise on those schedules, which just made that, you know, just, just made our, our association that much easier and that much more seamless. This uh, you might disagree. No, no, or I don't. Disagree. I don't disagree. But as I'm hearing us talk, I am thinking about someone's listening to this. Like, God forbid, in the morning they couldn't spend thirty minutes to, apart, getting ready in separate <laughs> bathrooms. Like we work together, we're together every evening, we travel together. It's like no, but we have to make sure we can spend those thirty minutes together getting ready. Yeah, and, and we will even, so much so we even sacrifice our routine, something so near and dear to our heart, to do that. And that is something. So as we talk about jumping out of bed, and I, I don't hit snooze ever. Like I just, I don't, and. I think generally speaking, I mean, I, I'm definitely a morning person, so I really look forward to waking up. That sounds weird. Yeah. So I have no problem with jumping out of bed. Now, I'm, I'm not a night owl, so I, I'm, I'm not saying like I have this special, t- by night I'm tired, mm-hmm. but I definitely am in the morning, and like, I look forward to what the day has to offer. So at the risk of sounding Pollyanna, I'm just... I, I don't know. It's it's not that hard for me to, right. to, to just jump out of bed. Let me ask you a question. So let's talk. Uh, the sports piece is always is always a big part of both of our lives. And I want to ask you something. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to stay on on our current routine, but go we ahead. can. No, then don't let me don't let me segue. Stay there. Well, there were a couple other things that I that were important when you said why do you do that that particular routine. And there were a couple other things that I, that I didn't get a chance to mention outside of just that the health and, and the wellness and what it does for me mentally and physically. But there are a couple of things. So one, and I think many, well, I, I know manufacturing is the same as construction. It starts very early. Like my team starts early. So that's, I've got to be in the office early. I've got to be starting my day early. We've got to be on call for our customers early. So that's part of it. I function best in the morning, so I front load my days very intentionally. Like you will not catch me scheduling a, a very important conversation or meeting or task late in the afternoon. I try to do, I mean, before noon if I can, all those important tasks and conversations. Doesn't always work out perfectly, but you'll be surprised if you're very intentional about setting that schedule. You can a lot of times uh, arrange it in a way that's best for you. So Mm -hmm. that's also part of it. And then the other thing is, besides the fact that extreme movement and sweat, I think is, is really the best therapy for me personally, like on the planet, I rely on it so much, especially the high pressure situations we're in a lot. Like I I really need that. Um, I also think there's another piece of just sticking to a routine that's challenging and hard and out of your comfort zone every day. And something we've talked about in the past is continuing to what we call lay the brick. So Mm -hmm. you could say, I'm Mick Arnold. I am X, Y, Z, or I could say, I am uh, Britt Arnold. Uh, I'm a runner. I, I run a business, but like, I need to be able to prove every day that I am laying the bricks that I actually align and match who I say I am. And like, that is about doing hard things continually, consistently. So it's, it's undeniable. Like you have all the proof here, like you've done it. You've laid the bricks every day and that I need to have feel that to 
I don't want to say avoid imposter syndrome, but just make sure it's undeniable that I can be confident in who I say I am and what I do. When does that shift, though? This is not on. This is off topic for sure. But when does that shift? Because I'm not sure how sustainable that is. Where I mean, what point do you get to believe that you're you without doing impossible things every day? Because it's hard. To, it's hard to do impossible 365 days a year. At one point, do you just get to graduate into you and you're wholly comfortable with that? I wouldn't say impossible. I, I'm not saying these. Nothing I'm doing is impossible. Clearly, I'm doing it. Well, uh, but hard, geez. I mean, but but if you're building you that that brick to brick, you know that that has a building effect. Where if you have to quote somewhat outdo what you did the day before, that could be really hard. I, so I don't think it has to be outdo. Like there are going to, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this. Like at some point, uh, my goals or what I need physically or mentally are going to be different. So it almost might be scaling back to achieve what I need to achieve. So I I think it's more of an awareness and identification. And maybe an awareness and actually doing what you're aware, then that could be scaling back and focusing more on something else. Yeah. So that was a, I did want to mention, we didn't start this, but we saw, we were so fortunate to uh, attend a Baltimore Business Journal event this past week that was, um, what was it? What's the- Enterprising Women. Enterprising Women. Thank you. That enterprising word kills me. But there was just a great panel. And one of my biggest takeaways is in line with what you just said, right? The difference between giving up and standing down. Which was really interesting, yes. and and I thought about that. I'm like, oh, it, it, younger Mick Arnold would have said, "That's what quitters say." You know, what, what's wrong with you? You know, you can't actually stand down. You, there's no difference between the two. I disagree. And I, what you hit on, I think, is along the lines of, at some point, maybe I will mature enough to know the difference between giving up and standing down. I think I'm close. I'm not as close as uh, as uh, the woman on stage that was talking, who was a beast. I mean, so you, so eloquent. I, I think. We're also in different phases of our careers, and you've, you've been doing this a lot longer. Like, I, I don't have, I, I don't really have the right to stand. I haven't done enough to stand down yet. Like, I'm, I'm only in my mid-30s, and I've only been, I haven't even run this business for seven years. So, right. yeah, I, 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 you have to earn your stripes, and yeah. there's a lot of stripes I have yet to so earn. So, let's get back to how our routines are going to help us with that, because we, this one, this one's a beauty. Tommy, making notes? Because, well, we can't think of stuff. We, we, we sit here, and we're like, we got to talk about that. we got to talk about that, and then we'll just be have writer's block. Um as we're going through. So one thing I did want to ask you is soccer, your life, um, golf, huge part of my life. And I certainly play team sports too, but I, the golf part of my life resonates. And as I thought about it, you know, those, which is just routines inside of routines inside of routines. And I, you know, when you got your tea time and, you know, if it was your, your typical group, it was generally the same time every week. But if you're playing tournament golf, you were, you were put into a place based on any number of things, how you finished the day before, if it was day two, I mean, typically if it was a two day qualifier, you played in the morning on the first day and the afternoon on the second day. So everybody experienced the course at different times. And once you got your tea time, you know, that started my routine. You know, I was backing into my morning and, and it could start with drive time to the course. I was there an hour ahead of time. So fast forward then to the range that had its whole routine. The first tee, the driver swing had its whole routine, as did every single club all the way through the hole. The irons had a routine. If I hit the ball in the bunker, I hit it into a, you know, a hay patch next to the green and I had a short shot. It was just routine on top of routine. Short putts had a had a routine. Long putts had a routine. So I mean, I didn't even realize how exposed to routines I was. I mean, if you think about 
baseball, right? If you watch batters in the batter's boxes, which I, I'm always interested, you want to talk about a routine. You could record a guy from the time he puts his first foot into the box and everything he does until the ball hits the catcher's glove. I bet there's there's no difference. And I bet you could time that within seconds of each other in how they're getting their mental space right to figure out what that guy is going to throw them. So long question to what, what were some of the... Di- because you played in that repetition, what were your personal routines that you were doing inside of a team sport where the coach was calling a lot of the shots, the starting lineup, you know, the the people, the lineup, you're playing, you know, four, three, two, whatever. Um, What are some of those things that you were doing inside personally amongst a team sport? Oh, yeah. I mean, soccer. So from... from the age of four through 21, 22, soccer was my entire life. And I would say it it started really getting routine probably around 12 or 13 when when I made that jump to club ball and we were playing throughout the nation. It starts just getting more serious and more, I mean, everything was a routine. Like I would eat the same things, which I remember as a kid, while a lot of kids were eating fast food, like I would only eat a plain turkey sandwich before my games. I would have to pull my socks up like a little to the certain point on my knee. Like this, the, these were a mix between routines and superstitions, yeah. as we've talked, which I had a <laughs> yeah. lot of superstitions. Routines, habits, addictions, superstitions. Like those are four things that are really fascinating. Yeah. Like All what, I, um, how I would roll my shorts, how I would do my hair. Like everything was so routine. It definitely what I would eat um, when I was younger, which is funny because I don't sleep much, but I would have this. I, w- I would pretty much always sleep on the way to the game when, my, when I was younger. And my dad always said he really believes it was something meditative about it for me, hmm. like mentally, because he said I would n- do it n- no other times. But like on the way to the game, I would just sleep in the car, and it was almost like a focus thing for me. Hmm. Um, and, a- I mean, everything was so routine. And then outside of the very specific because we're really talking about game time and match time routines no I don't but, know but how that, about the green wall in your backyard well that's what I, mean, I was going to talk what was your talk, routine on the wall well, I mean I was just practicing 24-7 right. so and, and that was just a product of, of discipline discipline yes but just passion I mean uh, as we talked to Olivia our, our youngest daughter she was thinking about playing soccer you know just those moments of like that is the difference between the kids who really want to play and end up playing at that high level, you are doing your routine outside of your coach's supervision yep. or the shock, anything structured. And that for me was 20 as, as much as I could touch a ball, juggle it. My dad, as I said, the green monster built this, this big wall that painted it green. So it looked like it blended in with the trees, the amount of balls I hit off that wall that would smack back, or they have this, um, a cement wall like in, inside of their garage that I would just the amount of t- one touches one two touches I would take off that wall um, running I mean it was non-stop it's me- if my dad will come out and play with me or take me up to the the park and, and I mean I, I would beg him to death it was non-stop and that's right. all I did yeah and I know you can relate 
in the golf world. Yeah, just yeah, abso- absolutely. I think uh, it, that's that's uh, that's cool. Just in that you might you might think that just because it's a team sport that it's regimented by team. There is all of that work, that personal development work that goes on outside. Golf's a lot is a lot more. I think obvious because you can hit balls forever on your own. I know in in college we'd hit balls for twelve hours with with one goal, trying to cut one shot out of our score. If I think back to it, and and we didn't you know we didn't really track statistics like they do today which would have been great which doesn't seem that hard i think i was just so immature and such a, a mental midget in those days when i was younger that if i had tracked those stats the way i absolutely would now i would have honed in specifically on my weaknesses right what are my sand saves just pick dumb stuff but whatever those particular weaknesses are where i underperformed in a particular tournament or I would go right back to that and say, well, why would I hit drivers? You know, I hit every fairway. What am I doing? You know, when I did make bogey, why did I make bogey? I, you know, you, I'd, I'd hone in on those failures and then I would take that back to my routine and I would ingrain it, maybe not forever, but certainly that would be a priority in my routine as I was coming out of whatever that test was, right? Because that game is a test, that round is a test and you're playing and doing all this practice work. And if you then equate that back to business, the tests are competitive sales situations or competitive hiring situations. You got a candidate that you love and you know they're interviewing with competitor B, or maybe it's not direct competitor. Maybe it's just another great company that buys for similar type of talent. You know, whatever that test is, you know, if win or lose in it done correctly, I think you would learn from that and you take that back to your routine and then you drill yourself to get better at it, either to ingrain that win or to to course correct from that particular loss. And and I think that's where the routines are so valuable, especially if you can do the self-assessment to understand how what to do inside of your routine that's going to to either ingrain or potentially fix whatever it is that that test that you either did what you wanted or you didn't, but what would you do with that? And then how would your routine be supportive of it? Sure. And that's why I am the biggest proponent of, of sports for kids. And I think even more so females, I, I think sports are so helpful for females in developing confidence and walking into now I can walk in as a, a a professional into the workplace with so much confidence like the translation of that is undeniable but the development amongst many other things the development of routine and regimen and structure like if you want to be the best you have got to develop a very uh, a very good supportive mm-hmm. routine yeah and you a lot of times for instance it, I think I was almost forced to do that to be able to be the soccer player I was I wasn't raised in a military like background um, certainly my parents were they disciplined me but but you know that the sports definitely I think expedited that process for me and um, helped me develop that from which we've launched our business careers with that foundation. Yeah, I think it also becomes part and parcel too. I remember my father talking to me a lot about muscle memory. You know, the reason that you have those routines and you put in those repetitions, right? Because those routines are also about repetitions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're getting up and doing that same thing every single day, it might not be quite as obvious as hitting a thousand seven irons that where you're working on every single ball flight you could, but it's the same exact thing, right? And that muscle memory is important because when you're under stress 
it's more likely to happen, right? When Which you, you know, defer back to or yeah, just like uh, yeah. the default. Because it, de- it's comfortable, yeah. right? I mean, when that guy's got that five-foot putt to win the U.S. Open and he stood over a million of those five-foot putts on his practice screen at home and other tournaments, so on and so forth, if you can calm your brain by letting your muscles take over, then you still have the same outcome and you're less at risk of being disrupted because of all of that pressure. I think that same thing transfers to business too. It does. So let's get into what the people are here for. Oh God. I never never know what the people are here for. Tommy, what are the people here for? Well, they want to know. It's 620. Look at the, uh, look at the the mounting questions and let us know what everybody wants to know. They want to know the simple things, right? If you're, if you're waking, if I'm waking up at three, you're waking up at four, four 35. What time do you go to sleep? Oh gosh. Um, Man, as early as I can, and and uh, that's a really that's a really wishy washy answer. But it, I'm comfortable if I feel like my day is over and I've gotten it done. I'm okay to hop in bed at seven thirty or seven forty five and and ease into whatever my sleep pattern's going to be. Last night, different. I mean, there are certain days <clears throat> that are just grinders, and and I hadn't done my. Pre- we had a late interview. I hadn't done my preparation for this morning, so it ended up being more like ten o'clock, and knowing that we had to be here at six. So, like, I don't, I don't know that the end of day is nearly as defined, but until I'm comfortable that I'm where I need to be, whatever that means, which some days suck. Like, you know, there's something where I'm just like, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And it, and it could be on a day where I have a 605 flight and the alarm's going to be 345. Like airplanes don't play. I mean, that's the hardest of hard stops in the world is takeoff. So there are some days and it can be, it can be a three or four hour night of sleep. I, I don't want to do that consistently, but that's a long answer to, you know, mentally until I'm comfortable that I'm where I am. And it goes back to these preparation conversations that we had. My brain will not calm down or allow me to approach anything that looks like sleep until that preparation is there. I'm comfortable that I'm going to be able to do or perform the way I need to. And that all comes back to preparation. So you can't give me a general, when do you go to sleep? No, you're there. You know, it's all over the place. I mean, yeah, some I mean, days- I would say, I would say generally <laughs> nine might be like an accurate, by the time we're actually asleep, uh, falling asleep. Aura says 8.15. Like it tags me every day. It's like, it's, hey buddy. Well, that might start, be when you when you should be in bed. By <laughs> Aura's the time. like, let's start wrapping it up. Definitely. But when I'm, a, by the time I'm asleep, it's usually nine, nine thirty. But it, yeah, there's late <laughs> nights. There is, we were in an entertainment business. Um, we go out with suppliers and yeah. customers a lot. We don't do it as much as we used to. I mean, we were doing it two times a week, which is half the week. So, in addition to our our enjoyment of, of each other socially, yeah. On the so, I mean, they are, we, and we would go to bed at ten or eleven. Yeah. I'm generally, if I'm looking at our aura ring, which we should talk about. Yeah. If I'm looking at my aura ring, I'm getting around anywhere from in between four and five and a half hours of sleep. Like that's that's usually where I'm living, which I feel good on like yeah. I feel really good now someone may say well you don't you know you don't know what you don't know which maybe true but I can tell you that my dad has never slept so could it be genetic I think there's probably something to that but I I, I don't know I, I feel good though yeah I would say so by, uh give you a legit answer I would say by nine and if I'm in bed by nine I'm generally gonna be ready to go at four seven seven hours is, is uh good I used to have that four or five hour thing that you do definitely as I've gotten older that's not as I'm not as comfortable or with the flow where I can spring up and then put in a really productive day I, I definitely I recognize that I start to feel those now and and I that's something I I want to work on and very serious about let's give the people 
another question that they want to hear about. Another answer to the question. All right, let's do this. Look out, people. Tell me a little bit about your nutrition and and what you like to eat. Uh, well, until recently, I ate everything that wasn't painted or nailed down. I got it. So not true. <laughs> well, no, I, I did. Like I used to, I know you're, you're kind and, and give me some passes for sure. So you have always been disciplined since the day I've met you. Since so the day you met me, but that's, that's, uh, that's relatively new. I had, I, uh, had some injuries along the way, um, blown Achilles and a shoulder and so on and so forth, which were definitely related to some poor lifestyle choices too much food and beer because I was playing a lot of golf and, you know, golf, you can certainly have a, you know, a case of beer and play well, unlike most sports. But I would say most recently in uh, trying to get ready for knee surgery, which I had a, a month or so ago, I did, le- I did uh, get a lot more discipline. I basically cut the whites out. So um, bread, um, sugar, cheese, uh, what else? There's a fourth one in there that I can't think of, but but just trying to be more disciplined around there. You've so pretty much cut all starch out. I have, yeah, I have. I've I've uh, had I had to think just a, a cheat or something like that, but I haven't really missed it. But same thing. I well, mean, you, sweets. You've cut out sweets sugar. completely. Yeah, sugar. Was oh yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the toughest, yeah. the toughest way. I can't remember. The, I'll I'll think of it. But oh, potatoes, mm-hmm. potatoes. So um, I've just basically cut those and and um, and had to retrain myself too. Let me tell you what. If you think sugar isn't addicting, you're crazy. Because then I was trying to come off of that. Because because I, I, you know, I had that thing where I say, I say I was heavier than I wanted to be because my knee hurt and my knee hurt because I was heavier than I wanted to be. And it's like this endless cycle where until you do something for me, violent to break it, to start to get lighter and, and feel better, it's hard. And so I was like, all right, I just got to go whole ham on this, this, these food choices. So now you know, I, I, uh, I, I try to break the fast. I mean, some, I've heard, you know, I know there's every study in the world, but for me, it's better to have something in my stomach in the morning, whether it's to soak up that acid what from time? the night before. You know, I've actually started to eat at my desk in the office, which is weird like that. I've never, never eaten a meal at my desk, but now I've got a, you know, I've got a box of cereal in my cabinet in there and I eat a bowl, not two bowls. It's frosted mini wheat. So there's sugar on there, but I do feel like I have the entire day to burn it. So that, uh, mix in some lunch, try to keep dinner as lean as possible, but I've just cut out all the crap in the middle. So What's it's much lunch? more discipline. You're, you're li- giving me roundabout well, answers we, here. We live in a food desert, so that could be anything. I mean, some days if I'm if I'm fortunate enough to be out of the office like today, I'll be out with a customer, I'll have a reasonable meal, and I'll and I'll make good choices and actually have real food, or I could eat one of those crappy bars. Um, bars. Yeah, bars. Nick's uh, keto friendly protein bars. Nougat, <laughs> nougat bars. I think that's how they say it in Sweden. But. Um, yeah, or I'll have a bar or something crappy like that just just to survive throughout the day because there you know sometimes you know you book your schedule and you have an eleven and a one and next thing you know you're like holy hell I don't I don't have any time to get out of here and get reasonable food. Some days I'll eat that second bowl of cereal, but no, it's um I've had to be a lot more disciplined just because as I said you know my my, meta- my metabolism's changing and I've had to shift my routines around it because it's not something I can do a ton about. Certainly trying to you know be more active and exercise. You know, we bought bikes. Um, but recovering from knee surgery has slowed that down a little bit. So I've had to get a little bit draconian on the diet short term because I don't have the ability to burn calories that I used to. So I simply can't take in as many. You haven't given, so you still have not given me the people, the answers. (laughs) You said cereal and Nick's bar. You haven't told us what you eat. What's for dinner? Oh God. Uh, anything like fish, um, 
pork, chicken, lean white meats, preferably occasionally some steak, uh, but but usually very high protein based, high veggie based asparagus and green beans. So lean proteins and green vegetables are what I generally try to eat. Eat a lot of chicken at home. I've, I've been uh, growing a lot of chicken and, and eating corn. Not ultimate. I prefer to have green vegetables, but yeah, that's the type of, that's why I've had to shift my routine as I continue to be of advanced age. I learned that word. I hate it, um, but I, technically I'm advanced age. So I have to be sensitive to uh, what I'm putting in the machine. As a female, I'm considered geriatric. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny too. That's <laughs> true. And I will, I so that. we, and we don't, we cook, Stop I will say air fryer, uh, but very, I mean, we're not, we don't cook a ton. No. So our, our cooking's pretty plain. No, but I would say routine wise, back to our, you know, for our topic, we're very routine in what we eat. We split a lot of meals, right? I mean. If we're going out, we're exclusively, we always split a meal, but we've been, we, we just typically split an appetizer and a meal and it's always pretty much these days just protein. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you. you yeah, you're welcome. God, that was horrible. That was because I mean, you, maybe you I talked for five minutes maybe, and never told us what you ate. Maybe I didn't want to articulate it because it was going to make me deal with it today and actually have real food. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, bananas! Don't forget bananas. I know. I think we uh, exactly. I think we now uh, we might rival the we might rival uh, the land of primates in the number of bananas that we eat these days. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So what's today look like? Uh, what, what's the rest of your routine going to be? What what else do you have to leverage today? So this is, a, this talk about a routine breaker. We already talked about this, but the six o'clock podcast, I love when we break our podcast. So are you talking about, what are you talking about? As far as food or, or, or? I don't know. Pick it. What's up next? Work. Okay. I don't want to get into work routines. They're boring. <laughs> they are boring. Well, and there's no routine. Or that's work. exactly right. That's why they're tough because we're whipsawed so badly that it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to actually keep a routine, and they're constantly changing. Yeah, I would like to get into that four thousand four thousand months, years, weeks, weeks conversation. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. Yeah. So, so what my, else on routines? I mean, my I, I um. Nutrition wise, I'm I I don't eat like big meals during the day ever. I graze all day. I I think you and I share that like I do not like being heavy. Like being light throughout the day and agile is is really important to me. So if I'm gonna go to a breakfast event or a lunch event, like I'm not eating. I'm gonna have coffee or something like that. Super important to me to stay to stay light throughout the day. And we're pretty much. I mean, we're we're really on si- similar. I mean. You've spoke a lot to the nutrition side. We're eating a lot the same at night. Like that, that that's my real meal is at night. Yep. Everything else is just about staying light. And, and I, I need to work on nutrition a little bit. Um, a couple of the other routines I have is that I, um, well, I'll, I'll stay on nutrition. So I I am so, so disciplined on the, uh, the, the nutrition side. So anything... Um, like fried food or I think this is funny because the last time I had a piece of fried food was on our first date. I think, I think. There might've been, there might've been one cheat and I say one, I mean in 1600 days. I can't even remember if I've had, but I had, I had, I had some fried on our. You set me up. That was bullshit too. You set me up. I'm like, look at that. She's eating calamari or whatever. I think it was calamari. I was like, all right, this girl's down. Like we could eat some crappy meals together and then you completely abandoned me. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You're no, good. it's it's I I I just I I like the foods I eat, and they they happen to be healthy. Um, a couple of other things. 
so we have at our office, which is very cool because it's a newer office. We all have standing adjustable desks. So I stand the entire day. At this point, I don't sit, which feels really good on my, I I love it for my legs. And as a runner, like the the extensions of the hip flexors. So that's, I guess you could call a routine, just standing all day at my workspace. The other one, which is probably my, I'm just looking at some of the notes I left, um, probably one of the most longstanding routines I, I have is that I call my parents every single day. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I am, and I already told them today the time would be off because I always call my dad at 6.30 and I generally call my mom at 7.30. Sometimes I'll have an early meeting, um, but typically it's always 6.30 dad, 7.30 mom, regardless I'm if some if there it does happen to be an off meeting during those times, I will call them at another time during the day. Well, that's be- that. So that's interesting. That goes back to the conversation that we're having about <clears throat> our routines or someone's routine affecting your routines because you started that. You call them every day. You initiate. Mm-hmm. If you didn't call, I bet you that would absolutely put that would t- that would turn their routine sideways. Like, wait a minute, something's off here, and that would could incite worry because you're it so does. you're so routine or regimented so much so you're like I need to let them know that I will be in a podcast at 6.30. And I do the same thing with the girls, right? I have a, I'm an alarm. You know, so one, one of my routines is alarms. Alarms help me stay on routine. You too, by the way, and you're welcome because your alarms go off constantly now, if I haven't told you. Yeah. Hopefully you have okay, the camera okay. on her today. Time out. Do not even go there. Oh, you're- We can't even- You're alarm for alarm with me. I have one alarm. Oh, that's, oh, okay. You're, I, I have, have one alarm and it's a 7.30 for my mom. You have 20 alarms that I have to turn off half of them because okay. they don't stop. Anyway. We can't, we, this, <clears throat> no, don't even, don't even go there. You don't want to go. Uh, you oh, don't no, want to go there. No, I'm just going to start pointing it out because please, you. Please, yeah. please. And I'll point yours out. Oh, that's fine. And we'll make tallies. I'll show them to you. And we'll make tallies. <laughs> <laughs> so the takeaway here is not our. our, our uh, no, the in, takeaway our, here our, is we're going alarm to alarm. I'm prompt to battle. <laughs> it's, uh, it's that I do use alarms to help me stay on routine yeah. because I will say I also struggle with losing sense of time yes. anymore. I'm like part dog where I have no idea what time it is. And like, and it can happen so fast. Like, oh, that's right. I need to call Olivia in five minutes. And, tw- you know, an hour later, I'm like, holy hell, I missed. I mean, a squirrel ran by and I completely forget to do what I'm supposed to do. But I think interesting how, uh, and, and even the girls have said that at times, like, hey, dad, you didn't call last night. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. So I text them and say, at dinner, so on and so forth, going to miss you tonight, so on and so forth. So my routine of calling them at 29 or 21, 19 and, and 15, my routine actually has started to have an effect on their routines. Like, wait a minute, say 30 and dad didn't call. Um, so it's interesting how that has that reverse effect for me getting out of bed when I may not want to, to make sure I'm out of the shower for you or your routine affects my routine. For the last, and I will, I will never miss that 630 mark unless I have a weird routine in the morning. Like for instance, for today, or be, but if I'm out of my routine, all of a sudden that 630, like I don't need an alarm for the 630. Unless my routine is mixed for that day and right. it just doesn't fall into there, which is a couple times. I mean, honestly, like a year, but it has happened in the last couple months. And by 645, my dad's calling because yeah. he's he's worried. Yeah, that's you know? funny. Yeah. Well, look, I would just say in in, uh, in closing, if we are, you know, just how these routines are so important. This is, a you know, a love and business uh, podcast. And, and we talk about both a lot and how our routines affect our love and, and what we're doing in our own space when we're, you know, off duty. 
when we are actually off duty, but then just how important those routines are in moments where I can look back at very stressful situations in sports, in business, and I'm so comfortable because I feel like I've been there so many times because of that preparation and, and, and even supervised preparation. I didn't hit on that yet, but back to, you know, coaching and, and, you know, we're coaching people here. We're, we're generally over their shoulder, we're supporting, we're helping, and we're supervising their repetitions, whether it's young engineers and they're, they're working in software, they're designing solutions, so on and so forth. You know, Kevin, our VP of automation is over their shoulder, supervising their repetitions, you know, not quite do this the same way a golf coach would have done for me, the same way a soccer coach would have done for you, where it's not just repetitions, where those repetitions are supervised so that they're perfect, right? So perfect practice makes perfect. And, and, uh, all of that stuff just boils down in those high stress, high pressure moments when you're trying to be the very best at what you're doing and the separation gets really small, it can absolutely be the difference between success and failure. Yes. And my final thoughts here, I think people, and, and, and it's only a product of now that we have long form podcasts and all this other type of media, there are so many platforms where people are just taking the time and energy to dissect these topics like routines so much now that we're hearing the good, the bad of all of it. So lately, I've been hearing a lot more on probably what you would consider that the the negative side of routines want being too reliant on them. What's the difference between uh, a routine, a good routine and a healthy addiction, right. which I don't want to go. We could go off on tangents about how routines can be harmful and how some of these things that even I do could be considered a healthy addiction, which maybe we will talk about that. Sure. But I think for us, the overarching thoughts and principle is that far and above anything that it's done to the detriment of us or on the harmful side, the respect for our routine has done way more for us in in helping us to achieve what we want um, and for lack of a better word, be successful, um, being very respectful of that routine and continuing to develop them as we go. Yeah. And I think if, if the benefit for the rest of the world would be that we continue to be reliable, consistent and durable, right? They don't have to be intimate with our routines or watch them up close. But as long as someone would look at that for, for, for my, for how I, how I want to be viewed and possibly even judged, what, whatever I was doing behind the scenes would always have me showing up reliable, consistent and durable, then, then I'm happy with what I'm doing. So our friends are going to leave one of two ways. Maybe, well, it could be three. It could be a relatable podcast, hopefully leaving inspired or leaving thinking that we are psycho. It's all right. It's for them to decide. I would say the third could be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't get to judge ourselves. So, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll have plenty of time together going forward so they can continue to make up their mind. Exactly. All righty. All right. On to our next routine. Indeed. Yeah, true. <laughs> See you soon. And thank you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs>